0: You are listening to the Sermons Podcast from the Tabernacle at Sandy Creek in Seymour, Indiana. Be sure to follow us on social media to stay informed of all the exciting things that are happening at Sandy Creek. Well, I uh, must confess, I have uh, two handkerchiefs. And is that Kelly in the house again? Two Sundays in a row, you're a member. <laughs> that's, what they keep, that's what they keep saying. It's so good to see Brother Kelly, and, and so many of you. God bless you. Thank you. I've come with two handkerchiefs and a napkin. Uh, I'm struggling. I, I, I thought it was all the dust from uh, the project going on, but I don't know. It's, it may be a cold, so we're going to try to get through this. Uh, And God will help us. Now, Lord, these next few moments, I pray that you will help me to minister to this people, to your family, your kingdom, to those in whom you have entrusted the kingdom, the gospel. And I pray that you'll speak a word to our hearts, a word of inspiration, a word of correction, a word of direction. Praise God. Keep us on track. Prepare our hearts today for tomorrow and for the week ahead that your kingdom can prosper. it we pray in Jesus' name. And help me now, Lord, to minister the word. Amen. I shall ever remember uh, an event that happened. Uh, I was in junior high. And... Uh, I think, I think it was out of pity that the coach created a third string and I was the third, the third string. I mean, there were five and there were five and then there was me. I think that's the third string. Uh, and it, it was in uh, just a, a daily practice that a, a member of the team... One of the starters, he, m- he made a mistake, and he seemed to just kind of cast it off by a slang that we used in those days. I don't know if we still use, use it, but we'd say, my bad. You know, if we throw the ball out of bound, we'd say, my bad. Or if we foul someone, we'd, my bad, you know. And so this particular player, he did something, I don't remember what he did, but he said, my bad. And the coach immediately stopped everything. And he said, if you're bad, I don't want you on this team. Go to the locker room. And he, he sent him to the locker room. And at the, at the time, uh, it seemed rather harsh. I, I felt it was rather harsh. But in retrospect... I better understand that Coach Vanderpool knew what he was doing, and he knew some things that that I didn't know. And to be on his team, you had to get it right, pure and simple. You get it right, or you go to the locker room. And it was was more than being a gifted player, for this young man certainly was gifted, but it also included academics. He would check our grades to see how we were doing in class. He would check our behavior on and off the court. If you were in trouble with the teacher, you were in trouble with the coach if you were in trouble with a parent you were in trouble with the coach and somewhat different than we see things today in that you know we go to bat for those that are that are the gifted ones we want to excuse certain qualities poor qualities Because they're good, but not Coach Vanderpool. If you didn't attend church, he didn't think you were the right fit for his team. Because he felt that you were missing out on some qualities that that were necessary. Like love your neighbor as yourself. For Coach Vanderpool, integrity mattered. What we ate mattered. He went so far as to tell us that, you know, before a ball game, the only thing we were allowed to eat was a can of peas. But if you wanted to be on his team, you did it right. Right. And he knew what he was doing. Whether or not you wore a hat during the wintertime, or we call them a toboggan. If you should come to practice in the wintertime without something to put on your head after you showered and, and went out into the cold weather, you didn't play on his team. Because he wanted team members that were well, and that were whole, and that were there. And so you, you, you got it right for Coach Vanderpool. You had to get it right. And I think for this young, young man, he knew some things about him that, that we didn't know. And those things troubled him. So he sent a starting player... To the locker room to ponder upon how he may have not been measuring up to the expectations. And that, that coach was a winning coach in northern Kentucky in the Cincinnati area. His team beat bigger schools, and his team overcame outmatched odds. Because he knew if you want to win, there are some things you have to do right. Ironically, some years later, uh, Sister Airwood was was working, Nancy was working uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio, for the largest apartment management company in the area. And guess who was an employee? an employee, in that same company, in the same office. It was my former teammate. I assume he got the job because his aunt was the office manager, not because he was doing things right. <laughs> or maybe he lied on his resume. But while he was, while he was working... There were a couple things that he did that, that in, retrospect, in retrospect, I, I realize the coach knew, and he was trying to help him, and he was trying to get him to change, but while he worked at that job, he conveniently lost an entire deposit on his way to the bank. You say, well, you know, maybe, maybe it was an innocent mistake. Maybe it was, but she also overheard him. He had applied to a law school. He wanted to enter enter into a, a law college, and she overheard him uh, on the phone calling the college, and he was pretending to be the vice president of this company that he was working for. And he was recommending himself as a candidate for admission. So Coach probably knew all along that he lacked... What it took to make it. And so he said, can't be on this team. I want winners. I want keepers. I want people with integrity. Coach probably knew that he was a a ladder climber instead of a team player. And so the coach insisted... You have to get it right to be on my team. If ever there was a time that the church needs to get this thing right and keep it right, it's now. We have a world that's on a collision course with eternity. We have the great tribulation in front of us. And if the church doesn't get this right, not only are we going to suffer some consequences but the hundreds of others that we could influence to be a part of the kingdom of God. The world's only hope is for the church to keep things right. To keep integrity intact. To know the difference in right and wrong. To stand for what is right no matter the consequences. The only hope of this world is for the church to keep revival fires burning. To keep truth alive. To keep evangelism Going to keep the Holy Spirit flowing. Yeah. Praise God! Yeah. Praise God, Sister Anna Lee. I appreciate you leading us into the presence of God. Sometimes you have to pull us or push us into the presence of God. And this praise team and all these musicians—they don't—they don't just come early in practice because they love this so much. They come because it's the right thing to do, to prepare, to prepare for the presence of God, to prepare for the saints of God, to prepare for hungry hearts that may come into this place. We've got to get it right, and we've got to keep it right. Right. At a well in Samaria, Jesus dialogued with a woman. They went back and forth, back and forth. And and at one point, she defended her false religion. And that's exactly what it was. They were idolatrous. The Samaritans were idolatrous. But she defended her false religion by saying, we worship in yonder mountain. See that mountain right over there? We worship there. We worship there every every week. Just like the Jews do in Jerusalem. We worship there every week. But Jesus... Responded. In essence, he said, Lady, it's not about where you worship, it's about how you worship. And the time is coming when the only thing that God will accept is worship in spirit. And in truth, and you can put all the enthusiasm and all the talent and all the the gifted players there are. you can put them in the band and you can you can put them in the program, but unless there's truth, Jesus was saying to that woman, you." have got to get this thing right. She leaves that place. She runs, eventually she runs back to her to her village and she says, come and see a man. Come and see a man that can look into your heart and tell you, you're doing it wrong. And if you want the blessings of God, you had better start. Doing it right. Amen. Praise God. Amen. On another occasion, all four of the Gospels record record this uh, event. Jesus, we term it Jesus' triumphal entry into the city of Jerusalem. He enters into the into Jerusalem to begin the week known as the Passion Week. And that week will conclude by his crucifixion. And as he, as he enters up, and to, to get into Jerusalem, you that have been there understand it, it better. One of the most inspiring uh, memories of mine is in a bus, as that bus wound its way up to that city of Jerusalem. And all the while, the, um, the person that was in charge, the, the host, was reading from Scripture, uh, describing entering into that city, entering into the presence of God, and so, as Jesus is making his way toward the city, the people come out and they place palm branches along his path, some even take take cloaks and place them upon the ground for him to ride across on on the donkey and and the scripture says that they were Rejoicing and they were praising God and they were proclaiming Jesus to be king. And some of the religious leaders tried to get Jesus to stop the crowd from that kind of worship. And that is when Jesus made the proclamation if these hold their peace, the rocks will cry out. That statement was not something that Jesus just came up with on the spur of the moment. But that, this statement of rocks crying out has its reference in the Old Testament, an event that happened when Israel had come into the Promised Land, when they had conquered Jericho. God had told the people through Joshua he said, don't take any of the garments. Don't take any of the silver. Don't take any of the gold. Don't take any of their possessions. For if they do, it will defile you. After the, the conquest, and that in itself was a great victory, after the conquest they went to the next little town it was so much smaller than jericho town of ai just just a, a handful of people and someone told joshua there's there's no need to take the army just send two or 3000 men It's no big deal. And so they did. And for the first time in Israel's history, after they had been brought out of Egyptian bondage, they fled from the enemy. And the the enemy slaughtered some of them. And when the question was asked, why? Why? How can this be? It was soon found out that a man by the name of Achan thought he could do it wrong, but God wouldn't care. He thought he could do it his way, but the favor of God would still be in the camp. So God reminded Joshua, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, Joshua, I told you, I told you, I promised you, as I would be with Moses, so will I be with you, but Joshua, only if you do this thing right, only if Israel does this thing right? I'll condense the story. It was finally determined that that Achan had taken garments in silver and gold and had hid it in his temple or in his tent. And so Joshua, after judgment had been brought upon the house of of Achan. Joshua erected an altar. He built the altar as a reminder of God's Word and of God's expectations. I'm not sure exactly how he did this, but the Scripture says that he wrote the law of the Lord upon the stones And he did it in the presence of Israel. See, Moses had received the law upon the mountain. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A a hand clap for a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And Israel was down below. This time... Joshua writes the scripture upon the stone altar that he has erected. And he's saying to all Israel, he's saying, this is the word of God. These are God's expectations. And if we want him among us, we have got to get this thing right. And then the Scripture says that he he took a large stone and he placed it under an oak tree near the tabernacle and he proclaimed. I'm paraphrasing, but this is what he was saying. If you don't get this right, the stone will cry out in defiance. The stone will cry out its rebuke. Because the law, God's word, God's morality, God's expectations are written in stone. After Moses had given the law... He pointed to a mountain, and he proclaimed to all of Israel, he said, if you do this right, he said, that's, that's the mount of blessing. As that mountain stands there as a testimony of its endurance, of its invulnerability, it stands there as a promise that if you do this thing right, God will bless your life. But then he pointed in the opposite direction to another, another mountain. And he said, but you've got to understand, just as that is a monument and a promise, that if you do this right, he will bless you. That is a promise that if you get it wrong, he will curse you. He will remove the blessing from your midst. Folks, we have got to make sure that we get this thing right. The world's depending upon it. Your neighbor is depending upon it. It's not time for you to compromise. Your neighbor has been watching you too long. They're about ready to come over and knock on your door and say, What is different about you? You say, But you're sharing stories from the Old Testament we're living under grace now. We're living under that nice nice God. The only mount we point to now is Mount Calvary. Well, let me point a picture or paint a picture of the grace in that first church in Jerusalem. Nobody had nobody was forcing them to give give this money. People were bringing their livelihoods, their offerings, selling properties and bringing money. And and from all indication, it was simply from from a, a volunteer heart. But Ananias and Sapphira liked the recognition, evidently, that people were getting and wanted a little praise. So... They got in on it, but they didn't want to do it right. And the scripture says that God smote them dead. Because right brings blessings, and wrong loses the blessing. And sometimes it even brings the curse. The world's future is resting upon the church with us getting it right and with us keeping it right we've got to keep things right with this new birth message yeah. except a man be born water and spirit Then the apostles said unto them, "Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost." Now, folks, if we compromise, I read an article the other day. It was, uh, and, and so, so I'm going to make reference even to the. Uh, to the particular faith because it's it's public. It's public information. And this is not to berate this particular church, but it it was uh, the Catholic church in a particular parish determined that for the last 20 years, baptisms by this particular priest were invalid. And and the, the um, bishop determined that because of one word that the priest had been saying. Instead of saying, we baptize you, the priest had been saying, I baptize you. And according to their faith, they had to say we, and when they said we, it meant that Christ was involved in the baptism. So Christ is baptizing this person, but the priest wasn't saying we, he was saying I baptize you. So the bishop determined all those baptisms are invalid. I don't know what they're going to do, how they're going to rectify it, and that's their business. But the point that I'm wanting to make, as apostolics, I believe we have this thing right. And right is not whether we say I, or we, or they, or she, or he. But what is right is that when we baptize a person, we proclaim that we are baptizing them into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And at that point, the death of Jesus Christ... The scripture says buried with him in baptism. At that point, it's as if that person has died for their sins because of their sins. But in essence, it is they are buried with him. So Jesus Christ, the righteous one who had never committed sin, he applies his righteousness to that convert. Brother Jeremy Smith, you did it right when you went to Aurora. And you did it right today when you baptized another person in Jesus' name. How many weeks in a row? Five weeks in a row. And those two backsliders that came back to the Lord, you did it right when they not only came back, they didn't just walk in and say, you know, I backslid 40 years ago, but I think I'm going to start going to church again. No, they came back to the altar and got refilled with the power of Almighty God. Keep doing it right. Ministry staff of APT, keep preaching it right. We've got to get our spirits right. Jesus said, confess your faults one to another. Then pray one for another. You'll get healed. We want to skip the first part. We want to go straight to the healing. Jesus said, you've got to get some spirits right. We need to quit grudge bearing we need to quit being angry at someone we got to get this right we've got to get modesty right if the church doesn't get and keep modesty right this world is going to go crazy It's not just about covering the body. Modesty in dress is not supposed to be figure-hugging, suggestive. I'd I'd suggest get your Bible and stand in front of the mirror and pray with a sincere heart to God Almighty until you've got this thing right. We've got to get this thing right with gender. Most everybody else has got it wrong, folks. And we can join the bandwagon. We can compromise. We've got to, first of all, get it right. and we've got to keep it right. Are we going to have our girls shaving their heads and having a ponytail sticking out the top? And our boys are going to have this long, flowing hair over their shoulders. Church, we've got to get it Right? Young people, get it right. Get it right in your heart and don't ever look back. You're the light of the world, you're the pace setter, you're the pave maker. Maybe I'm meddling. We've got to keep this thing right with our marriage one man, one woman, till death do us part. Work it out between you. Get it right. I believe, and I'm, I'm closing. Sister Ann Lee. I believe that churches and ministers and parishioners. I believe that we're under constant attack of the enemy, bombarding us, trying to get us to walk away from truth, trying to get us to compromise, to water down the gospel. But we dare not because when we get it right the mount of blessing Joseph of old got it right he went to sleep one night in in an Egyptian prison but because he had gotten it right you say got what right he was no longer angry at his brothers who sold him into slavery. And because he got it right, he went to sleep in an Egyptian prison and he woke up Prime Minister of Egypt. because Moses got it right. Israelites went to sleep under the threat of Egyptian annihilation. But the next day, they were walking through the Red Sea on dry ground. The three Hebrew children got it right. One moment they were being condemned and then sent to their execution in a fire furnace and the next moment whether it was God or an angel whatever was standing there beside them and no flame could touch them. It was Moses who said the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you let his face, shine upon you be gracious to you may he give you peace but he was saying that with his face toward the mount of blessing he was saying Israel if you get it right I asked sister Annalie to sing the blessing and as she does I would like for us to find a place, whether it's around the altar or at your pew, but let's just search our hearts and say, God, I want that blessing, so if there's anything that's not right within me, let's get it right tonight. taking the time to listen we hope you were challenged and blessed by today's sermon check back every week for a new sermon from the tabernacle at sandy creek and be sure to follow us on youtube and social media platforms Uh, stay in touch let us know what you think any questions you may have and stay informed of everything that's going on at sandy creek thanks again for listening and god bless